In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, uh, starting with verse 38, the Bible says this. I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, Now it came to pass as they went, speaking of Jesus and his disciples, he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So she receives him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Lord, don't you care that my sister has abandoned me here in the kitchen and has left me alone to do all this work? Bid her, tell her to come and help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen that good part, and that will not be taken away from her. From stressed to rest. Let's talk about Martha a little bit. Because Martha tends to get a, a bit of a bad rap uh, because of what was going on. And of course, Jesus wanted to bring a little bit of course correction into her life like he wants to do for all of us so that we are good. Amen? You know God loves you. He cares about you today. Whether you've come to faith in him or not, he cares about you so much that he was willing to sacrifice his own son so that you and I could be made right with him, so that we could be reconciled to him, so that all the wrong things we've done could be forgiven, and so that you and I could walk with him and talk with him, and so that he would be our God and we could be his people, and that heaven would one day be our home. Hallelujah. The Bible says that in verse 40, it says that Martha was cumbered about with much serving. And that word cumbered is an interesting word. It means to drag along, to distract with care. It means to draw around. So she was being drawn around. Get this picture. She's being drawn around by these cares, by these things, these things that have concerned her. They're drawing her around. They're leading her all over the place. So she's not leading these things. They're leading her. Okay? That's the picture here. Uh, she is distracted. She's being drawn away. Metaphorically, the picture is to be driven about mentally, to be distracted. It's this. It's to be over-occupied. There's nothing wrong with being occupied, folks. As I just shared, I love me some good cooking. And my wife, my wife, I mean, she put her foot in the pot this year. I mean, she just, she just went to town and she, she cooked up an awesome meal. Uh, but, and there's nothing wrong with that. But here it's, the, the picture here is to be over-occupied, overly concerned, to be too busy, T-O-O, to be too busy about a thing. To be overly concerned about something. In verse 41, it says the word careful. Uh, in another translation, it uses the word worried, which means to be anxious, to be troubled with cares, to seek to promote one's 
interests. So she was interested in something and she was looking to promote it at any cost. That's important, okay? Do you get the picture? She's, she's attentive to a certain thing and she's looking to promote that and to push that. She's got an agenda and she's pushing it. And sometimes we can have an agenda and be pushing it. And yet we're frustrated to the hilt. We're overburdened. The word goes on to say in verse 41, it says to be careful to be troubled. Another translation says to be upset, to be troubled in the mind, to be disturbed. How many of you know what that's like? I know what that's like, folks. To be troubled in the mind, to be overly anxious, to be concerned about a certain thing, an issue, uh, something I'm about, something that is coming up, something that's in the future. It could be even ministry. Martha was doing this for the Lord. Hello. And so the picture here is you could be doing something even in ministry for the Lord and yet be overly occupied, be too busy. Or it could just be life. You're just doing life. And you've got stuff on your mind. Stuff that's disturbing you, robbing you of peace. You're anxious. You can't, your mind is never settled. You can't even sleep. Stress to the hilt. So many are stressed even in this hour. I can't tell you how many uh, 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 wine, uh, bars, uh, stuff has popped up on my way home in my daily commute over the last couple of years. I've seen more and more bars, more and more uh, wine and spirit shops pop up. And it's big business. And they're still in business. Why? Because people are trying to self-medicate, trying to find something to help them deal with the anxiety and the stress of life. Martha was the older sister of Mary and Lazarus, okay? And so in that particular culture, it was important to make sure that you put on a good show, that when people, someone came to your door, it was important to be incredibly hospitable uh, because your reputation depended on it. Um, and so for her to want to do things right wasn't a wrong thing, wasn't a bad thing. Wasn't to be hospitable wasn't a wrong thing, a bad thing. But there's a point where you can take it to the extreme. And so she, being the older sibling, was used to taking charge and being in control. And sometimes we can take charge and be in control. Some of us have been in charge of our own lives and destinies for many years. And even when we come to the Lord, there's a tendency to want to take things. We, take, we invite Jesus on the journey. We invite him into our house, but we still have the wheel. And we're still in control. And we're still pushing our interests and our agenda. Jesus is there in the house with her, but she's pushing her agenda. She's got a plan. She's got a certain interest. She's used to being in control. She's used to telling Mary and Lazarus what to do. She's the oldest sibling. And so she hasn't yet learned to relinquish that control to the Lord, even though he's in her house. 
she didn't know how to relax. And so she made those around her feel uncomfortable. Some of us, <laughs> have you ever been around? I, folks, I, I know what it's like to be in that place where I'm so worried and concerned about something that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, making my wife feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and some of us know what that's like. And some of us have people around us that are like that where they're so anxious, they don't know how to settle down, where they don't know how to chill. You just want to say, come on, ch chill. Will you just chill out? Just chill out, relax. Breathe, breathe. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Breathe. You just want to tell them to breathe. <laughs> she didn't know how to relax. And so she made those around her feel uncomfortable. She wasn't, it wasn't okay for those around her to feel uncomfortable. She had to get everybody's attention, including Jesus's attention, and get them on board with her agenda and what she was having to do, okay? The Bible says that she was cumbered about with much serving. She was caught up in the details. Martha was caught up in the details, and, and sometimes uh, we can get so caught up in the details that we lose sight of the big picture. We can lose sight of the main reason we are doing things. Jesus was in the house. She had a special guest in the house and she couldn't pay attention to him. She was so focused on what she was doing and the details and the meal. But folks, there's, again, there's nothing wrong with doing things, but she was overly busy. And Jesus was the one who was telling her that. He was trying to get her attention. And so she got, she was all worked up. She was worried. She was anxious. She was burdened. She had no peace. She didn't know how to turn it off. She didn't know how to rest in the Lord's presence. You know, sometimes we don't know how to, we don't know how to turn things off. We get so caught up in the details that we lose sight of the big picture. And that's what was happening to Martha here. You know, God is not against you and I doing the work of the ministry. And if you look at the beginning of chapter 10 uh, and throughout the whole chapter, you find, the, you know, you find the whole chapter talking about doing good works. You find the whole chapter talking about ministering to people. At the beginning of the chapter is when Jesus chooses, he's not only chosen the disciples, he chooses the 72, right? And you remember, he sent them out in pairs to minister. You remember that? Also in the same chapter is the parable of the, the good Samaritan. So all these things are in this chapter Okay, so he's talking about ministry, but he takes time in talking about ministry to also talk about the importance of learning when to turn things off and to when it's time to sit at his feet. Amen? If we're not careful, our lives can become devoid of any true life-giving relationship with Christ, only to end up overwhelmed, feeling alone, and thinking God doesn't care about us. God doesn't care about us. God is not against you and I trying to better our quality of life by pursuing good things. Some distractions are good. 
It's like when I, you know, take a vacation and, and I get away or, you know, or, or I'm reading a book or I go bike riding or, or if I'm skiing or whatever I'm doing, you know, those are fun things, right? Those are nice things to do or whatever you're doing, whatever you do for pleasure or as a hobby or things like that. There's nothing wrong with these things. But anything taken to an extreme can be harmful to our emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health. Examples of things that may draw us around, may lead us, begin to lead us around, begin to draw us around. Unhealthy friendships, associations, unhealthy associations, hobbies, addictions, other things that we are devoted to, other things that we devote ourselves to. Links on the internet or social media. Hello. How many of you have been caught in that? I've been caught in that. You start reading one thing and then you see a link to something else and then you go to that and then you see a link to something else and then you're over here and then you see something else and you're over here. <laughs> and next thing you know, three hours have gone by. And you're like, oh my God, <laughs> where did my day go? <laughs> see, it's quiet in here. I know none of you have that problem. The list could go on and on about things that can draw us along things that can begin to distract us, but in a negative way. Folks, I, I know what it's like to be distracted by links online from the news to, to media to all kinds of stuff. And the Lord has had to speak to me about that and it has to constantly check me on that, that I don't get drawn away by this or drawn away by that or distracted by this or distracted by that. Constantly having to check me on those things. My wife, over the last 27 years of marriage, has asked me at times, have you ever been tested for being ADD? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's like, you know, and I, I laugh about it because I'm, I'm very easily distracted, you know. Martha had neglected the most important thing of spending time with the Lord. And so she became overwhelmed by her service and what was going on and the busyness. You know, we have to stay at the feet of Jesus in the secret closet of prayer. It is imperative that we commune with Christ or we will become overwhelmed. We will be overcome by the slightest, even little things, folks. The slightest little things we can become overwhelmed by. She questions, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? She, she's not sitting at his feet, so she doesn't hear him speaking life and carrying words into her and direction and peace, right? She's not at his feet to get, get those things. And so, uh, so she's turning around accusing him of not caring. She's saying basically, I'm all alone in this. I'm all alone here. Help, hello, God, are you there? And she's basically saying, there's no one to help me. Her focus was all wrong. Her focus was all wrong. She was all stressed out and had the remedy right within her grasp at the feet of Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Let's talk about Mary for a minute here. 
Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet. As a matter of fact, Jesus said she's chosen the better part. She's chosen what's best. Okay? She chose to sit at Jesus' feet. But it was a choice she made. Nobody forced her to do it. It was a choice she made. At some point or another, she realized that I could either be stressed out like my sister and all over the map, or I could sit at Jesus' feet and be worry-free. Hello. Peace at rest where we cease from striving, where we cease from our own works, where we stop trying to figure things out on our own and we allow God to begin to lead and guide us. Who has the master plan, who's had it from the very beginning for your life and mine. Who's had the master plan. He created you and I. And he's had the master plan from the very beginning. She chose to sit at his feet and hang on every word. Uh, she chose to hang on every word of Christ. And as a result, she was worry-free and distraction-free. Not overburdened, not overcared, not too busy. Mary had something that would not be taken from her. Jesus said, I give you peace, not like the world gives. There is a peace that he gives that the world can't give you and the world can't take away. There's a joy that he gives you that the world can't give you and the world can't take it away. Hallelujah. Mary learned when to listen and when to act. She learned when to listen and when to act. Praise God. When we commune with God and when we spend time with him, we are strengthened for whatever comes our way. When we commune with God, we invite him into our situation. When we commune with God, he has the opportunity to supply all that we need. When the Lord is allowed to be our shepherd, I shall not be in want. Au contraire as they would say in French. On the contrary, my God shall provide all your needs. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Somebody say that. Eyes on Jesus. Let's say it again. Eyes on Jesus. One more time. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Hallelujah. You know, when we get overly focused on something, the Bible says that thing can become an idol. That thing can become an idol. And whether you realize it or not, if you're a Christian, you know this, but if you're not a believer, uh, the Bible says there's not only a God, but there is a devil. And behind every idol, there is a spirit that pushes that and that captivates those that are being led around by that thing. Okay, And it's only when we surrender to Christ and invite him in that the power of that demonic influence 
can be broken in our lives. Jesus, hallelujah, came to give us life, and that's life abundantly. But the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is that powerful influence behind every addiction that captivates people, whether it's pornography, whether it's any kind of perversion, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is that you and I become addicted to, there, it's not just that thing. You have to understand there's a spiritual influence behind that as well. That's what the Bible says. And whether you choose to believe it or not, it's there. And we can deal with things in the physical. We can deal with things in the natural. We can deal, deal with things on the emotional and mental level. But folks, we are a three-part being. We are spirit, soul, and body. Okay, and if I deal with the body, the physical side, the soul, meaning the emotional, intellectual side, but I don't deal with the spiritual side of things, I am not whole. I'm only dealing with two-thirds of, of, of who I am, of my makeup. Does that make sense? That's why it's important. If you're going to be whole, if you're going to be all that God destined you to be and created you to be, if you're going to live life to the fullest, to the max, you've got to deal with the spiritual side of things as well. And many of you are here because that's your desire. The psalmist talks about delighting in his perfections. In Solomon, the Lord says this to you and I. He says, oh, my dove. I love Song of Solomon because the Lord's, there's a romantic interchange that's taking place there between uh, so, uh, Solomon and, and, of course, uh, the love of his life at the time, but it's a type of Christ and his church. And so here's, here is uh, the Lord speaking to you and I, and he says, oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock. Who is the rock? Jesus, Jesus right? In the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. This is the Lord speaking to you and I. He says, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. He says, your voice is sweet. Do you know God thinks your voice is sweet? He loves hearing you talk to him. He says, and your face is lovely. Your face is lovely. Those that look to him will be radiant with joy and will never be put to shame. Hallelujah. And if you look in chapter 11, in chapter 11, he talks, and I'm closing here, but in chapter 11, he talks to his disciples about what this kind of interchange looks like when you get together. At one point, Jesus was praying and his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he begins to talk to them in chapter 11 about what prayer looks like what the focus of prayer should be. And it's a beautiful thing, and you can read that chapter, but through, from verse 1 through 13, the very next chapter, we were just in Luke 10, but in chapter 11, Jesus begins to talk to him about praying. He says, pray like this, our Father. Pray knowing that you have a Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. In other words, God, let your name be glorified. Let your name be made holy. Let your name be glorified in my life. Let your name be glorified in this direction, in this generation. Let your name be set apart. 
Amen. And he just goes on and goes, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done here in this place, in my life as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. God, give me a word in my devotion times. Don't let me just read the Bible and it be dead. Let the words come off the page. Let it come alive. Speak to me, God. Direct me, God. I'm not going to settle for dead, dry, boring religion. God, I want a living relationship with you. You said my sheep know my voice. And so I want to hear you speak to me. He's no respecter of persons. He will speak to you. God, give me a word. Give me direction. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day, uh, give us this day our daily bread. He says, he says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass. God, for, help me to forgive others as you've forgiven me. So I can be free from bitterness. So all the pains of the past can be healed. How many here have pains from the past? God wants to heal those pains. Amen. And he just goes on and on. And then he talks about intercession. He talks about the woman, the, the man who has a, someone who comes to him at midnight needing bread. And so he doesn't have any. So he goes to his neighbor and knocks on the door, right? So he, this is all in the following chapter. So he teaches them how to pray. So if you don't know how to pray, just read Luke 11. And ask the Holy Spirit, show me, teach me how to pray. So that your prayer life will continue to develop. But folks, when you come to Christ, he takes all your burdens all the weight, the heaviness. He said, come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, overburdened, and I will give you rest. Do you need rest today? What is it that has you distracted? Are you too busy? Would you come to him and surrender it all and let Jesus take the wheel? Let him take control today. And you watch what God will do. If you say, Pastor, I'm here and I want prayer today. I want you to raise your hand all over this house. You say, Pastor, that's me. I would like prayer today. I would like you to pray with me along these lines. I've been distracted by a lot of things. Thank you for coming. We're going to pray in a moment. We're going to stand in a minute. Let's stand all over this house. If you say, Pastor, that's me. If you raised your hand and maybe you didn't raise your hand. And you say, that's, that's me, Pastor. Maybe you've never been in a church like this before and you've been in control of your life. You've been charting your own course. You've been doing your own thing and you're just tired. You're just tired. You're over it. And you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm ready to put up the white flag. I'm ready to surrender. I want what God's got for me. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It could be, folks, it could be one, two people in here. It could be a hundred people. It doesn't matter. Jesus, the good shepherd, will leave the 90 and nine and go after the one because you matter that much. He loves you today. He loves you today. And so we're going to sing a song, but I want you to get out of your seat here on the main floor, up in the balcony. We're going to wait for you. You can go to either exit. You come down the stairs. This is your night for a miracle, for a change. As we prepare to go through the rest of the holidays and, and to a new year, folks, you can start this new year afresh. You can have a fresh start tonight. You can have a fresh start tonight. 
wherever you are in this place. You can get a new life, a new lease on life. You can become all that God has destined you to be. You can be healed. You can be set free from addictions. You can be delivered. You can walk out of here full of joy and freedom and life and hope if you will open up your heart to him. Don't resist God today. If you can hear his voice, don't harden your heart today. Don't harden your heart. October 10th, Friday afternoon, 1986. I heard an invitation just like this. Never forget it. I opened up my heart to the Lord. And yet in my mind, I, had, I heard a voice saying, don't do it. You got your own religion. What are people going to think? What, all this blah, 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 blah. But folks, something in my heart told me this is the truth. This is what I've been searching for all my life. And I knew it in my knower. I knew it in my gut. This is what I've been searching for all my life. So that day, I made a choice to get up from where I was and to go towards God. And as I did, I have to tell you, I never regretted it. My life has never been the same. And the Lord loves you tonight, and he's not a respecter of persons. He will work a miracle in your life. And little by little, things will begin to change. We're going to sing this song, and you're still, you may still be out there. And if the Lord is tugging at your heart, just come. Just come and give him everything tonight. And you watch what he'll do. You'll go from stress to rest. In Jesus' name. Those of you who've responded, I want you to just lift your hands to God as a sign of surrender. And we're going to pray and cry out to God right now. Those of you who've lifted your hands, I want you to begin from your gut to begin to pray. From your gut, just begin to pray and say, Lord Jesus, I've heard your voice tonight and I've responded. I ask that you would come in and take complete control. Please forgive me. Please cleanse me from everything that is dark, that's wrong, that is contrary to your plan for my life. I give you control. Have your way, oh God. Spirit of God, fill me now. Guide me. Direct me. Draw me. Change me. Free me for your glory and for your fame. I give you all that I am. And I thank you for perfect cleansing. Perfect cleansing tonight. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for drawing me. Thank you for using me in the days ahead for your glory. In Jesus' name, I renounce everything of evil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I bless you, Lord, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.